Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MESPA Principal Cast. This is Principal Brett Domstrand from Lake Marion Elementary in Lakeville, Minnesota. And I am excited today to be welcoming our next guest, nationally distinguished principal, MESPA uh, President Eric Scanson. Eric, it's great to have you here today. Oh, thanks for having me on this uh, wonderful podcast. You guys do a, a great job, and it's an honor to be here, for sure. It- it's it's a lot of fun, and Eric, you and I have talked outside of, of obviously this podcast. We know each other um, in our professional circles, and I think we've gotten to know each other personally too. Um, you know, so you've been the principal at Cold Spring Elementary. How long have you been there? Oh, it's in- interesting you ask that. I just did the math yesterday because you know after so many years, it, it starts to kind of all blend in. But um, when I counted back and I used all my fingers and toes, I got to twelve. So this is my twelfth <laughs> year here. 12 years and you know when you're when you're 12 years now you've seen a generation of students go through school that's a pretty powerful thing absolutely it's uh you know Ricori is a, a size that uh, we get to go participate in the high school graduation so i uh just uh, have started to come full circle and be able to see my kids that i started with walking through and actually even this year um got to hire one of our former students as a long-term sub so that's pretty fun that's that's coming full circle right absolutely and she's done a great job right well i i guess the full circle full circle is where you hire one of your one of your former kindergartners and then you have to go i've been here a while now (laughs) i I think that would be a a good mark to hit absolutely (laughs) right right well and then that that just shows that you're bringing back the right people that believe in the system and that they are um they're excited to come back and work with you so that that says a little bit about the mark you leave. Now, now many people may not know this about you, Eric, but you are the father of five children. Obviously, you're not doing it alone, but what's it like trying to balance running a school and leading it excellently? And also, um, you have an infant and, and five kids. How do you manage to keep your life in balance? Or what, what, what are your values and what things kind of keep you going? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, well, number one, I have a great partner, Um uh, my wife Jill does a, a, a fabulous job of keeping me and the kids in line, uh, and I think that's probably the most important part. But uh, you know, we you love kids. That's why we do this business, right? We love yeah. kids, and um, uh, I have the opportunity that that my kids come to school with me. So I I've had one come all the way through. She's now a seventh grader. I currently have a fourth grader and a first grader here, and I think the balance is interesting when you start thinking about. You know, what do you want for your own kids? And then expand that out to all the kids at your school. Um, so that that's one of the, the ways that I stay balanced in, in my roles as both a father and a, a principal is really just meshing the two together and not having to have such a big divide between the two that I am authentically who I am uh, here and at home. And sometimes that means I'm kind of a mess and sometimes that means I'm very passionate and um, that's just how it works. Right. You know, so so this this brings into one of those, um, you know, one of the one of the questions as as principals when we have kids in our building is how do you manage that balance of, you know, where your child and what classroom they go in and being the boss of the teacher of your child, but also being a parent. Sometimes that can be a, a delicate position. Absolutely. And, um, 
you know, how do you, how, I mean, obviously I can tell from your voice, you have very, you have great pride in the school you run and the teachers that are there. And so you feel confident having your kids there, but it, it's often principals might ask, how do you do that? How does it work? Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be different for every, every principal that tries to do that. Um, you know, number one, I try to have a conversation with those teachers at the beginning of the year that, um, that I trust you, I believe in you, and I am not here to hover around you. Um, that uh, that I know that you're in the right place at the right time to have my my child in your classroom. So that's always the the very beginning uh, conversation around trust. That I trust them, and I know that they're they're here for the right reasons. Um, and also going the other way, if there's a problem, I, I know that they're going to they come talk to me. You know, one of the other deals that I always make with them is that I'm not coming to conferences because I believe conferences are to get to know the teacher and get to know how your child's progress is. And I'm in a unique position that I can be at school and, and be on top of that uh, every single day. So I try to take a little pressure off by not coming to conferences as well. But my wife does go. Um, <laughs> so that's... Well, I- I, I could see how it would be awkward, but frankly, you're also right there living it every day. You know the nuances, and you and you get to see your child learning and growing, and it's, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty amazing and special thing. So it's, it is. Um, it is. It's uh, It's definitely would 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 be hard to walk away from. I, uh, my first grader, I, I get about probably three to four hugs a day from my first grader as I see her in the hallways, and, and uh, she's a great hugger, so that's a, it's a pretty special thing to have. Right. <laughs> and and all the other kids who want to give you hugs and they're like, that's no fair. She can hug you at home, too. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> and and to be honest, I can the the middle school is across the parking lot and my 13 year old will still come give me a hug when I walk over there, too. So that means that uh, the relationship is right. And uh, I'm not embarrassing, too embarrassing yet. Right. Now, now, people, uh, people outside of MESPA may not know what a jokester you are, <laughs> but uh, um, we can't go anywhere without um, w- with you in the room without hearing a joke. And well, I'm not putting you on the spot here. What made you like? I mean, that's when I think of Eric. I think of also what's the joke going to be? How did that come to life? Yeah, actually, I mean, it, the funny part of it really came out of some sadness with me. I, I lost my dad about um, two and a half years ago, and, and he always told the worst jokes. And uh, we were at a, a board of directors meeting, and there was some sharing going on. And um, you know, one of the promises I made myself was that I was going to continue his legacy in in a lot of different ways. He was a teacher for for thirty two years, and um, really just uh, an incredible teacher, and really believed so much in kids and experiences. And uh, him and I would have long conversations about testing and how. Um, we need to be careful with testing and how we're, we're losing sight of kids and, and their experiences. And uh, I really just held on to kind of his legacy and tried to pass that on. And, and one of the simple ways that I do it, Brett, is uh, by telling bad dad jokes, to be honest. Um, so it's just a way that's kind of lived on. And uh, I like to hear that uh, you think about me with bad jokes. That makes me happy. Um, but in another way, it's it's a way we connect, right? It's a way we connect with kids and um, it even works with adults. I mean, even through your statement, I hear that, uh, you know, we, we have a connection through bad jokes, right, Brett? Seriously, it, it, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, there aren't many people that I identify with something that they do that makes them special. Because as principals, we all have things that make us special, but we're all kind of doing the same, the same work and we're just doing it differently in our environments. 
But the the two people, and this is the highest compliment, is is you and and Dr. Stephen Geis, because it, what is Stephen Geis known for whenever he speaks? Book talks. Book talks, right? And so, like, when you think of somebody, and the first thing you think of is, I think of, ah, oh, I can't wait to either groan or laugh when Eric tells a joke, or I can't wait to hear what book Dr. Geis is going to share. And that's something that's pretty special, and and. So I guess I would say, don't ever lose that because I know sometimes it might feel like some of the people do grow and they go, oh, but that's what makes me funny too. That's that's the best when there's more groans. And actually talking about guys and, you know, my love of jokes, I actually have a joke for you. Um, (laughs) So actually I wanted to tell you about this book that I was reading about anti-gravity. It's it's impossible to put down. (laughs) See? I love it, and it made me laugh. And that's a, and I, and I got to tell you, I'm just wearing this giant smile right now as as we're talking. Because that's another thing, Eric is is you are a bringer of joy, and um, you know you you don't run around preaching the message of joy or saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm a joyful leader." It's just something that is is part of of who you are. And I learned something else pretty unique about you. Um, well, first of all, congratulations on being a nationally distinguished principal. That oh, thank you, Brett. A, it's uh, a, big, a big honor. And it is. I, uh, I last last episode, I got to speak with Nancy Antoine. And uh, you know, when you start seeing what people are doing and the message that you're sharing, it's like, hey, you know what? All of us have a story to tell. All of us have something special that's happening with us. But it's not about us. It's about the schools we lead and the people who are in there making it happen. Share a little bit about your journey into the NDP and how has it been going? I mean, like now you're now you're more than halfway through. Yeah. Um, well, number one, it's kind of surreal because um, for those of you that haven't done it, it is it is a little bit of a work to to get the all the the transactional stuff in, but um, to actually have the honor of being uh, chosen as NDP is, is completely um, astonishing. And I, I talked a little bit about this, that you go through these moments of self-doubt, actually, which sounds crazy, but um, self-doubt about, you know, why why do I get to represent such an incredible group of, of principals in Washington? Why am I lucky enough to be here? And it really come down to this realization that, um it's not about about an individual over the the rest of the individuals. It's really about representing the organization and being able to carry our message forward. We we have so much work to do in in equity, in um, in diversity, in mental health, trauma, uh, literacy, and along the way, you you pick up uh, these ideas from people um, and you put them into practice and. I don't know how else to say it in, in that it's just a collective. Um, being an NDP is nothing but a collection of our experiences, of the great people that, that are around us in our organization. And um, you know as well as I do, Brett, how many great people we have in MESPA. Yeah. We, we do. And, and you know, it, it was fun. I actually, um, I think you and I have talked about this, but I was um, president of the South Suburban Division, so I got to listen to your interview, and I got to listen to all the other candidates. And it was, it's such a difficult decision when you hear all these principals sharing their stories, and everyone has something special and mm-hmm. something unique that it, it makes them stand out. And so to see you in that position shows just how how good the work is that's being done at, at, at your school. And, and so as... 
I want to say congratulations on that because it, it's a big deal. And, and to go to Washington, D.C. and to represent Minnesota principals and our and your school and your district, it's, it's just a big deal. Now, um, tell us a little bit about how did you come, become a guitar player? Oh, man, I don't know if we, we want to tell that story online, but... Uh... <laughs> Um, I will tell you that I probably learned to play guitar by skipping um, some classes as a freshman in college, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I had some people on my, my floor that were good guitar players and taught me a few licks. And um, Other than that, it's it's actually one of the, the things that I just do. I, um, You know, if you took a look at strength finders, one of my strength finder uh, areas is learner, and I've just been a lifelong learner. Um, so if I don't know how to do something and I want to do it, I just, I will not stop until I can figure out how to do it. Um, so guitar is one of those things for me that, uh, that has been a lifelong journey and you get a little bit better every time you do it. And, um, but if it's not guitar, it's, uh, gosh, what have I learned this year? This, I've talked a little bit about this passion of mine, but I've been teaching kids to DJ at recess. So I've learned to use a jog wheel. Um, I've learned to use a soundboard. Uh, just recently, I've learned to run DMX lighting um, with scenes and, and running lights. Um, and I do that because I read the manuals and I look at YouTube videos and I read online. And, um, you know, those are some fun examples. But, you know, as professionals, we also have learning around um, how we interact with kids. And after MESPA's Institute, I, I did pick up Larry Thompson's book, The Roadmap to Responsibility. Um, so I'm learning my way through that book right now. Um, you know, one of the fun it's facts. A, it's I, a good book. It is a good book. It's so simple, yeah. and, and the strategies work, and I employ everybody out there to to pick up a copy. Um, I'm not getting any kickbacks on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, Larry, uh, listen. Cause Larry, Larry, if you want to see that podcast, we do have an episode of that recorded as well. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting how um, – so, so you bought the book because he was one of the speakers at MESPA. Yeah, and I wanted to learn more about it. So instead of um, – actually, if you were to come to my office, Brett, I, I have a egregious collection of books because that's how I learn. I, I read through books. And, um, you know, those that know me best know that I have a weird habit of, of how I read in the morning. Um, I have about seven books on a stack, and I'll read one chapter, and then it moves to the bottom of the stack, and then I pick up the other book. So I'm constantly reading about seven, six, seven books at a time. And um, that's just part of my learner in me. But I like to see the connections between the books. So even having different books is okay for me uh, that are different topics because I'll take those and I'll synthesize it into new ideas at the end of the day. Mm. Well, speaking of learning now, are, are, you, are you in school right now? I am not in school. I have nothing left to get. You have nothing left to get. So, you, I, so I did not introduce you properly. I should be saying Dr. Eric Scanson, correct? Oh, that, it, is a, it is a title that I have, but I, I, uh, I don't go by it very often. That's not... Well, that's, I, I, was, I was looking and I was like, I'm pretty sure we talked about your doctorate. And I was like, I wonder, did he get it done or is he still working on it? So, so congratulations. Thanks. I, I'm in the middle of taking my classes and it, it is no small feat. Um, so that's very impressive. Yeah, you know, going back to that story about the five kids at the beginning, um, I had three kids while trying to finish a doctorate. And for everybody listening, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> or sage words of advice. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, so so 
this summer you attended the national convention for NAESP out in Spokane and, and we spent some time out there. And one of the, one of the things that you shared with me is as a, uh, I don't even know if it's a sociology experiment. It's uh, but, but you mentioned to me that sometimes you'll pick up some habits, uh, some turns of driving Uber. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you shared some insights about learning about people and really how that kind of helped you be a better leader and a better listener through that process. So how did, how did you come to be, be an Uber driver? Oh boy, Brent, that's a, that's a deep question. Um, well, I like people, number one, and, uh, it was, it was a chance to, uh, to take it on. I always thought it sounded interesting. Um, and you know, some of the things that we talked about driving Uber, I, I really had a chance to be exposed to a bunch of different people. Um, so I've, I've driven, uh, all the way from, you know, a noon pickup to the airport to, um, you know, a 2 a.m. pickup, uh, and and you really learn a lot about people's mannerisms and their interactions and your ability to talk to people um, and even their story. Um, one of my favorite pickups was uh, a gentleman who was uh, working at St. Cloud State, and I picked him up at about 2 in the morning, and he came out one of the labs, and he was an engineering student, and I think he was originally from Egypt, and he told me his life story of going to Canada um, into the U.S., down to Florida, and selling um, trinkets at a kiosk so that he could get enough money to go to college. And now he's at St. Cloud State working at his master's in engineering, and he hopes to go back to Egypt and to be an engineer in Egypt. And, you know, those are the stories that that uh, to be exposed to really make you a better leader because it, it really speaks to... Um, people's own stories and being able to listen to them and to be able to understand what they want to have happen in their life. And I think that's a lot of what we do as a principal, whether it's with a staff member or students, just taking the time to show them support and to be able to listen and to help guide them in the right direction. This uh, old paradigm of principal as, as the ultimate authority power in a school I think is something that's become antiquated. We really have to be able to listen and, and talk with our staff members and our students and really be a facilitator of the school. Right. And, you know, it's interesting when you say the, the antiquated paradigm is, um, you know, I still, and I, and I work so hard to, to communicate with our parents. When, when I, I meet a, I'm touring with a new student or a parent who's not very, uh, who doesn't um, come to the school very often goes, you know, oh, hello, Mr. Domstrand. I'm like, hi, oh, I know your child very well. Well, I hope it's for, for not for things that they've done. <laughs> right. Or, or when they say, I they don't go to your office. And right. Like, yeah. do. And I hope I know your child. Don't you want your child to know your principal? And like, and, and so when you say that, it's like getting to know people and changing people's perspective of what a school is now versus what it was 30 years ago. Yeah, it is a very different place for sure. And uh, I think we can see that by what's happening around us, Um, you know, with our students and our families and the amount of trauma and the amount of hurt that comes into our schools. And I've really landed on this spot where that is the job. Um, I I know that that sounds a little bit crazy to to hear that from a, a principal that goes, yeah, academics, that's great, but 
I think we need to focus on these other things first. Um, those academics will come. Uh, even just the focus on play. I, we have this amazing opportunity coming up in Recori in, in a couple of weeks where we're bringing in a speaker uh, who's talking about play, and we're trying to get our, our teaching staff to go, and, and we are able to lure them in with uh, Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys, um, all things not screen-related and not battery-related uh, because we want to focus on play back at our schools and relationships. And um, those academics will come, Brett. I know they will because we have staff that know how to do that. But we have a whole new crop of students that need us to protect and remember what it's like to be an elementary kid. Right. It's it's so true. It's, you know, I, I think that education now encompasses so much. Um, it's not just making sure that everyone can read and write well by the time they finish school. No. There's, there's nope. so many other pieces that, that complete it, right? Yep. Content is cheap, Brett. Experience is priceless. So I think we need to think Damn. about that as our as our kids come through our schools. Um, you know, these things are, are, are a textbook or a Google click away, but the experience that they have with us is priceless, and those are going to be the things that they're going to remember, um, the interactions that they have with the principal, with the teachers. That's what we need to remember as kids go forward. Oh my gosh, Eric, if, if we were Brad Gustafson right now, I would say that's your stake in the ground. Yeah, that absolutely. Is, I mean, that is that that right there, I mean, I couldn't help but drop a bam on you because it was just, boom. And, uh, that's that's the sauce that we talked about that we're always trying to capture that that we want for our students. And, and you know, bringing it back to what we talked about in the beginning, having your own children there mm-hmm. is it just it makes it even more poignant that that we have to do all these things for our kids it's it's so pertinent that it happens now we can't wait yeah my my staff would, would probably back me up on this but um i have a i have a friend john who who gave me this advice um and i've been passing it now on to to my staff members but um, he uses three words in his interactions that he really focuses on is positive, kind, and supportive. And we can have very difficult kids. We can have very difficult staff members. Um, but I think if we can remember as the leaders of the building to come at that as in a positive, kind, and supportive way, we can still have those difficult conversations in a positive, kind, supportive way. And, and that's what our, our staff need. That's what our, our students need. Uh, they need to know that we care about them. Um, because we have hard work to do, we have very difficult work to do, and if we do not believe in each other and and are able to come at that in a positive kind of supportive way, we're going to have a long career here of of things that don't feel good, and um, there's enough of that going around anyway. So we need to be the spreaders of hope for sure. Right, that's that that is is so true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you know when we were talking about those three those three powerful words it's you know it's i I feel kind of blessed in this situation of of being able to and maybe blessed isn't the right word but to be able to talk with all these leaders and i get to learn from you and so eric as as we're talking here and hearing your views and your perspectives of the things that are happening in your building with your family and the the life things that have been happening it helps open up my perspective towards um, what is possible for all of us as leaders. And if you could say something to an aspiring leader, a teacher who's in a classroom right now who is working on their administrative license or someone who's on a special assignment as a teacher and they're wanting to take that next step or an assistant principal who's ready to make the move to lead a building, 
if you could offer advice to some some new leader, what kind of things would you say? Oh, I think number one, you just need to be yourself and be authentic. Um, you know, the, the best leaders and, and the best principals, the best teachers I know are the ones who own themselves and every own themselves in their in their failures, own themselves in their their strengths. Um, I think number one, we just have to be ourselves because if we're trying to be somebody else, uh, we're not going to be authentic. And then we lose credibility and then it all falls apart. So number one is just be authentic. The other thing I think more people need to, to embrace is this idea of uh, a failure and, and being ugly. Um, and I, I hope my staff, if they listen to this, they, they believe uh, the sincerity behind this. But I, I, I love it when they fail. And I know that's very cliche, but I want people to be brave, to be courageous, to try things. Um, I don't want them to wait for my permission, to be honest. I want them to go out and do what they know is right. Because unless we have people that are willing to be brave and stop waiting for permission, um, things aren't going to change. And uh, that, 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 that permission is so true. Yeah, we all, we all think we need permission, but in honesty, there, there's not a whole lot of things that we can if we break them we can't fix them and what what breaks us more is is this inability to try this inability to to be brave and go forward because we're scared of what people are going to think or scared of of i might get in trouble or scared of um failure but in honesty we need more risk takers out there and um whether that means telling a bad joke or going on the air and and as a principal going Academics are number two. Um, Social-emotional is number one. I mean, people need to stand up for what they believe, and I hope that they do that. Yeah. That's a perfect way for us to to kind of bring this full circle. When we talked about NDP, the Nationally Distinguished Principal, in the beginning, you mentioned the self-doubt that rolls in. And and you, you wonder, am I really... Am I that person? Am I this? Am I really in this role? And and the way you just finished is the same kind of thing. Is is talking about? Well, you can either worry about what people are going to say in the negative, or worry about what people are going to think, or what or what might go wrong if you take the risk to apply and go through the whole process, or you can be brave and as whether it's teachers, parents, um, leaders. Is, is taking that risk, trying to do things that make our world a better place, our school a better place, and our kids happy and ready for the world. It's absolutely right. If the universe doesn't want it to happen, it won't. So <laughs> right? just trust, right? Trust it, that the it, universe it, has it a plan for you. Yeah. I, it just makes me laugh because I, I, I was um, talking with another person about um, someone who uh, says no a lot. And, and that person said, I just don't want to ask because I know she's going to say no. And I'm like, then why are you asking? Mm-hmm. If it's right, do it and ask for forgiveness. And we hear that, you know, ask for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. But if this is what's right for our kids, go do it. And then we figure out, you know, if that didn't work, we'll solve it. It's okay. I'm right here to support you. And you know you've got my support. So let's just move forward and let's do this. Absolutely. And, uh, that's the kind of stuff we have to be doing because we, we can't wait for – some superhero to come flying around the corner and that's going to save the day. We have to be the heroes, right? Yeah, you brought your spot on on that one. There is there's, there's no singular heroes. I think we get too overwhelmed with that idea. There's there's everyday heroes, right? And we're, we're full of a... We have them all over our schools. 
they, uh, they, they, that's why they choose to get in this field because they're not doing it to get rich. Nope. So, uh, you know, we're, we're doing it because we want to enrich kids' lives. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Eric, I'm so grateful that you were able to fit this into your busy schedule and, and come on the Best Book Principal cast. It's been an honor. I don't know if you have any shout outs you want to give to anyone before we go here. But, oh, uh, gosh. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout out to my five kids. I want to shout out to uh, uh, Bergen, Jack, Avery, uh, Jamie, and Jessa because they are the light of my life. And uh, shout out to my wife, Jill, for putting up with me. And a shout out to my entire staff for the same reason because they put up with me and they follow me on my crazy adventures. And uh, they know exactly what those are. And if anybody wants to hear about some more crazy adventures, give me a call. I'll be happy to tell you about them. And how can everyone find you, Eric? Sure. You can find me. Uh, Twitter's a good way to find me, uh, at Scanson E. Uh, otherwise, uh, find me at Cold yes, Spring Scanson Elementary. Scanson with a K. Scanson with a K, absolutely. S-K-A-N-S-O-N-E. Uh, otherwise, find me through Cold Spring Elementary in the Recorey District in Minnesota. Excellent. Eric, it's it's been a pleasure having you on. I you you know I look up to you. You are a model leader, and um, and you always take the time to talk with me and share ideas. And uh, um, I hope everyone you you find a lot of value in this as well. Um, we'll be back in a in a couple weeks here with our next episode. But we are grateful for you coming on, Eric. And everyone, make it a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mesco Principal Cast. For more information about the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association, visit mespa.net.